0: Willow has completely changed my life around because I used to not be able to walk into a store and now I can without having an anxiety attack and it's incredibly powerful and my mom, my mom will look at me and be like, we've got our daughter back. beautiful. Having that confidence is so great to have again because I have a dog who will protect me Mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm at my most vulnerable. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears
1: Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. What has tragedy looked like in your life? Have you faced any hardships out of your control, like the loss of a family member or a battle with post-traumatic stress disorder? Or do you feel like you haven't had any tragedies in your life? Well, today we're talking with someone who has faced a lot of loss and pain from tragedies in her life.
2: Our conversation with Julia Pinkster allowed for a reflection of her story and the many tragedies that she's faced. Julia grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan and is now at Kalamazoo Valley Community College to pursue a degree in paramedicine. She has a service dog named Willow who's inspired her to become involved in raising and training dogs for police canine units. Her faith is so incredibly important to her and has been her biggest rock during her darkest times.
1: We want to let you know that the conversation today includes some triggering language about death and suicide. Please call the suicide hotline at 988 for immediate help or visit their website 988lifeline.org if you or someone you love needs help. We also want to take this opportunity to let you know that it's okay to talk to someone. If you think it's best for you, please reach out to a therapist or a counselor to talk to Thank you for that, Erin. Therapy
2: is good for everybody. Now let's get into our conversation with Julia and her precious dog, Willow, today on God Hears Her. Erin, we actually get to sit with Julia Pinkster today.
1: I'm so excited. This is the first time in a while that we've been able to sit across from one of our guests.
2: Exactly. Instead of doing it digitally. Julia, welcome. We're glad you're with us. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Uh
2: We just want to know your story. You're from Michigan. Yep, <laughs> you're kind of a local girl here. Yeah. And you're not super old. You're nope. in your early 20s? I just turned 21. And you've already lived a very full life. <laughs> yes. And you know, just in chatting with you, I'm intrigued by how specific your interests are, and I have a feeling <laughs> they're because you've endured, experienced mm-hmm. some very specific situation. So yes. can you just tell us your story, walk us back? Yeah. You don't have to start at age one, but you
0: know, <laughs> if you want to. Basically, when I was three, I had a brother who was born and he was diagnosed with severe cerebral palsy about six months into his life. And, and you were three years
2: old. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure you didn't understand what that was.
0: No, it was very much so a lot of my parents caring for my brother and me not Mm. understanding what's going on but it was also something that I was used to so oftentimes I would just get him out of bed and I remember sometimes just very distinctly Being able to wake up before school and get my brother out of bed get his diaper changed and all that stuff from like a very very young age Mm. I guess I kind of always grew up as a caregiver for him Mm. Can I ask why
2: Um, I mean obviously you're the older sister, but were your parents involved were they working? too?
0: yeah, so Parents were very heavily involved. It was just something where I kind of saw the stress that my brother gave my parents Mm, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to help any way that I could. I hear uh. a tender heart
2: there, Erin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Being a firstborn, it's kind of that situation where mm-hmm. you just always want to help, especially when I saw that my parents were just overwhelmed with him and stressed mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And that was kind of just <laughs> something I always grew up around, and I never really mm-hmm. struggled with it or having the idea of having a younger sibling who was, quote-unquote, different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess... I was in seventh grade. I don't remember the year. My grandma suddenly died due to a brain aneurysm.
2: Mm.
0: And following that, that was a very sudden like she was healthy. She was with my youngest brother at the time, actually, Mm. when it happened. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And uh, my dad's actually a paramedic. And so he ended up working on my grandma and (sighs) my dad has a wonderful ability to be a paramedic he like must. he's yeah. able to completely like disassociate from the feelings in mm-hmm. order to just like get what's done that mm. has to be done and like he'll deal with everything else later and that's always been something I've greatly admired and I guess I've kind of taken on that trait as well <laughs> but following that we had seven other family members die that year Good grief! <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, and you're in lot. seventh
2: grade now. This yeah, this is traumatic.
0: Yep, and some of them were like distant family
1: members, but mm-hmm. that year it was a lot of funerals. Yeah, I would imagine that became a normal in that. I mean, it wasn't normal, but it became a normal to go yep. to funerals. It yep, just that type of grief became normal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it definitely did, and it was always something that I guess <laughs> I was like, okay, more tears. I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. used to that now, and yeah.
1: yeah how did that shape your perspective of life?
0: I think it had a large impact on how I chose to live life because I actually, I have a tattoo on my arm Mm -hmm. and I got a poem from my seventh grade teacher the exact same year that my grandma passed. And it was about the dash and Mm -hmm. how the dash between your birth and your death dates represents your entire life. Mm -hmm. I guess I kind of formed my views based on that poem, Mm -hmm. because it really hit home, and it was my grandma's entire life. All of her 60-plus years are just put into a small dash. Mm.
2: You had a profound understanding (laughs) of the brevity of life, whereas the Bible talks about numbering our days at a very young age.
0: Yeah, two and a half years after I lost my grandma and all of that. My brother suddenly died as well. I had just finished freshman year of high school, and I was going into the summer before sophomore year. And
2: your brother would have been three years younger still. And you said suddenly he died.
0: We had a foreign exchange student that was over, and she was on the cross-country team that fall, and I wasn't. But I was on track and that's kind of how we got to know each other and she embraced my brother with open arms because we actually had her only for like the last two, three months of her visa. And what ended up happening was we were having a going away party for her. And so we had cross country team and track team over. It was about 13 other teenagers. And one of my friend's parents comes out to me and is like, you need to go inside. Mm. So I walk in and all I hear is like my mom saying like, no, Colin, it's not your time. Don't leave. And walk in on her doing CPR on my brother. And he was on the ground. And yeah, it was definitely very difficult situation and very difficult thing to hear. Mm -hmm. I almost had to go back out and act like everything was okay. Because I had these other 13 people that were over that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't know too well. And then I just kind of kept bouncing back and forth, trying to put on a smile. The paramedics ended up coming and confirmed that my brother was dead. And then we had the morgue show up and they had to come and take his body away. Oh, yep. Gosh.
2: Take us forward. Mm-hmm. And how did his death affect you and shape you? Yes, yeah, so And your family?
0: Definitely through that, I learned that the best way for me to heal from stuff like that mm-hmm. is to help others that are in similar situations we started a second church plant a year he passed or something like that at this new church plant me and my parents helped start up the disabilities program because that's wow. what initially drew us to our church was that they had that and we had someone who would watch my brother so that me and my family could still go to church beautiful mm-hmm. and like not have to worry about being interrupted and they knew how to work all the basic machines and all that and that was really, really neat, and it really drew us to that church. And so we started it at this new location. And I have this little boy who I watch, and he has a chromosomal disorder, mm-hmm. but I just like loved being able to spend time with him and being able to see him grow as a little boy. And hmm. that always, I was like, please let me work for you guys. Yeah. I love doing it and helping them. And being able to kind of give them that relief that other caregivers gave for my parents. It was a way for you to
2: invest, too, in the reality of your brother, even though he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's precious, Julia, that is.
0: It's Mm. definitely something that I, like, just enjoyed doing so much, Mm -hmm. and it always made me feel better. Mm -hmm. Then, actually, two and a half years after I lost my brother, it was my senior year of high school, and it was during, like, the... Polar vortex that we got. Oh, I remember
2: that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. and not fun winter. Uh uh-uh. uh mm-hmm.
0: I was having severe migraines, oh. all consistent neck pain, and very like difficult problems that I couldn't eat. Oh. And I felt sick to my stomach after eating like two bites of something. Huh. And I did cross country and track, so <laughs> it was very important for me to be you able bet. to get protein, yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. nutrition, <laughs> able to yeah. eat. So I saw a nutritionist and nothing really was working that we were trying and I was seeing a therapist at this time and I just remember crying to her about how much pain I was in all the time. Mm. And she actually ended up calling my mom and was like, I'm really worried about your daughter. Mm. She is in constant pain and then it'll flare up and she can't even see and like I wasn't able to run I had to stop running, and one of my coaches actually said, do not come back until you get this figured out. Oh, gosh. Because so really a physical problem,
2: not
1: an emotional problem. No, it was entirely physical. Okay. Were you able to articulate that it was painful? or yes. were Yeah. I was like, so you were in tune with mm -hmm. that. It was painful. Yeah,
0: and part of it had to do with the fact after running track and cross country for all four years of high school, I like I knew my body very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always been athletic. I always wanted to do more, and there were some times where I was working out three, four times a day, Mm -hmm. and it just became something that was super important to me. And. It was a big stress reliever because the year after I lost my brother that cross-country team they were there the night that my brother Mm -hmm. passed Yes. so we could go on a four-mile run and I could get to a point like the turnaround point and just start crying and breaking down and like I'd have my team just huddle there and that's lovely yeah yeah
1: when running is so therapeutic yep was there any part of you that wanted to not necessarily hide that you were in pain but maybe not be a burden yeah. because you've seen what your whole family's gone mm-hmm. through in the last decade. Yeah. Again, being from
0: that paramedic family, like I'm not not seeing any differences. Like I just feel them. And yeah. I was just kind of thinking, OK, what's going on? But told my mom, I was like, I know there's something actually wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it was actually on my brother's birthday that we went mm. and we got an oh. MRI. And that was probably one of the most painful MRIs I've ever been in because my head was hurting and my spine started like aching and it was a very miserable and very long MRI and it was only like 20 minutes. (laughs) It was hard for you. Yeah. And so during this whole polar vortex, we get a call from my doctor. They had set up the appointment and everything and she actually told my mom, like, I need you to sit down Mm. because this doctor knew Me, she's known me I was one of her very first patients. Mm -hmm. And she knew my brother and Mm -hmm. just all of that. And she's like, yeah, I I need you to sit down. She had the context of what your family's gone through. Yep. Yeah. And she said, so we got the results from the MRI and there's a mass in her head. Oh boy. And we don't know how far it goes up. And they were like, we need to schedule more MRIs. Immediately. Of more areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm because they only got my neck area, Mm -hmm. so they didn't get my full head. Okay. So it was within my fourth ventricle of my cerebral spinal fluid, and they kind of were like, we can't see everything. All we see is that there's a blockage of some sort. Mm. And so we didn't know if I had hydrocephalus, which is just like increasing pressure in your brain Mm -hmm. due to the increase of the fluid, fluid buildup mm-hmm. so we were very very concerned so you find out it's yeah cancer. so we get up to okay. the hospital because i also had epilepsy mm. and so i was seeing my neurologist he knew my family knew the situation and he's like i need you up at helen devos immediately because we couldn't get my mri scheduled till that wednesday and we found out on a monday what was it like going yeah, to sleep stress, with that knowledge? actually. Yeah. <laughs> so because my neurologist called and he said, I need her up here immediately,
1: uh-huh.
0: we made the what is supposed to be an hour long drive from Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids. And it ended up being a three hour drive because of all the snowstorms and everything. Oh my gosh. And we made that drive. We actually got a two and a half hour MRI done that mm. night. Wow. I was admitted into the hospital. And the neurosurgeon stayed over because he had heard that some Mm -hmm. girl was coming in with some fluid buildup of some sort. We don't know what's going on. And he stayed to kind of get his eyes on me.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: And he said, I'm shocked you're just sitting here being able to do fine motor movement because he's like, based on what we're seeing right now, you shouldn't be able to. Mm. Wow.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Talk about mind over matter. I know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's a strong girl. Yeah. You got that emotional strength. They're like, that's what's making her mobile. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Wow. So then
0: once we got our scans back, Mm -hmm. basically the entire thing was blocked. Yeah. And the neurosurgeon Mm -hmm. said, I don't know how the fluid's getting through, but it is. You are very lucky to be alive right now. That has to get out Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. So... We met with the neurosurgeon Tuesday and that Friday I had my surgery. Okay. And then I was out of the hospital that Monday. Wow.
2: And your surgery was to remove the fluid or the mass? It was
0: to remove the mass. Okay. okay. My aunt is a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. And so she was praying that the tumor would pop out and like it was just sprayed with cooking oil. <laughs> I love that prayer. It's a great visual. That's a great prayer. Well, she yeah. got that, and mm. then the surgeon came out and said it popped out <gasps> like it was sprayed with Pam. No. <laughs> but oh my Pam is my grandma's name. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> so oh, it gives uh, me chills. So they kind of worked together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And that that was one of those moments where I was like, wow. A like it's a little funny like haha the like the Lord has grandma, a sense but... of humor <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yep and knowing that like my grandma was still mm-hmm. watching over me so personal and yeah being able to see God work through that mm-hmm. was really really incredible God's comforting you mm-hmm. what was your relationship with Him like um, up to that mm-hmm. point
2: you know losing your brother and yeah
0: oh. so I guess I always grew up in a church very healthy. Family. We just kind of get tighter with each thing. (laughs) I was about to ask, how did grief strengthen your family? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everything, just being able to lean on each other as a family and Mm -hmm. know that we're always there for each other. We could be crying, and next thing we know, like we got everyone's just kind of gathered around and Mm -hmm. really, really neat. But it was really after I lost my brother that my faith became just super, super important to Mm -hmm. me. And that's kind of where it really became my own. Mm -hmm. Because often, Tragedies like that mm-hmm. take us yeah. away from God. Yeah.
2: But yours seem to draw you closer yes. to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kinda of the hard thing with having someone who has a disability. Mm-hmm. When we lost them, it was it was like a double edged sword. Mm. It's very, very painful, but at the same time you're like, Oh, thank God I don't have to deal with this anymore.
2: Ah, uh, So there's yeah. a relief. Yeah. That, and then do you feel guilty? And then you feel guilty that? because of yeah. the relief.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. yep. And That was something where it took a while for us Mm -hmm. to be able to say, like, okay, yeah, of course, like, yeah, it's okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. to feel this way. Mm -hmm. Just because we're thankful we don't have to do these things anymore, it doesn't mean that we don't love him. That's Mm -hmm. so true. Great freedom in that, and the
2: Lord drew you closer to Him with that authenticity. It sounds like
1: that's a really powerful thing to Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. I know that somebody listening right now probably needed to hear that Mm -hmm.
2: yeah it's incredibly comforting to understand that we don't have this mean God who's Mm -hmm. conniving to take us over yeah we have a loving compassionate God who can use everything Mm -hmm. for our good and in his glory yes okay so bring us forward now how long has it been since you underwent that surgery
0: so this past February was three years wow yeah and did you have other treatments I went through radiation, so I graduated high school early, Okay. and I spent six and a half weeks in radiation.
2: You're assisted by Willow.
0: Yep. And what
2: is her purpose in your life?
0: So she is a service dog for PTSD. (laughs) You light up when we bring up Willow.
1: (laughs) I I wish everybody could see her smile. Yeah, it's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, she is...
0: Oh, man, she is the light of my life. How long have you had her? Mm. I've had her. She just turned two and I got her. So May will be two years that I've had her. And how did you know you needed help with PTSD (laughs)
2: and that a dog would be your prescription?
0: Yeah, so there was this conversation that I had with my mom one evening. About freshman year of college, I was really, really struggling Mm -hmm. and, like, severe, like, suicidal thoughts and ideations. And it was very hard to want to live. you (laughs) have gone through so much, hun. Yeah. Well, and I had just beaten cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, not even a year prior. Mm -hmm. And so it was okay you're gonna beat cancer then mm-hmm. you're gonna go through radiation and then you're gonna graduate and i still thank goodness i was mm-hmm. still able to go to prom i was still mm-hmm. able to walk when i graduated and just like amazing like i still like i didn't miss a lot you got to experience some exactly. yeah and yeah. so it was then hey you're gonna go through the summer and then you're going to get shipped off to college. And you're like, wait. <laughs> and I knew that was so always the college change. I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. But going from pretty much not doing anything for like as far as school goes for almost a year and then jumping right back into it. And not only jumping back into it, just having to jump back into it, but on a much more difficult scale was mm-hmm. a shock. And it took a lot out of
1: mm-hmm.
0: me. Yeah, But definitely like it was one of those things that I really, really struggled with. Yeah. And one evening I was talking to my mom and I don't remember how the conversation got brought up, but it was just about how I saw some service dogs for PTSD and how they weren't just like military Mm -hmm. related and called my mom and I was like, I showed her the videos and we're both sitting there just crying about Mm -hmm. how amazing these dogs can be. And Mm -hmm. my mom was like, let's seriously think about it as we looked into it, like you can self-train and you can find trainers. How that... lovely. That's yeah. so cool. And once I got her, I like I have photos that were I just started sobbing mm. and the breeder actually said, I'll give her to you for free. <laughs> if you'll come and work for me over the summer oh at my, my kennel. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And... What, a what a blessing. Oh yeah. yeah. And so I was like, absolutely. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yep. I'll and be there this tomorrow. Is... <laughs> yeah. And this is when COVID hit and everything yeah. when I got her. And so I had nothing to do but train her.
2: Yeah. So Julia, what would you say to somebody listening mm-hmm. at your young age but with all that's under your belt? And mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a lot ahead of you too. You know, you've got to you understand that your dash <laughs> will continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God willing for a good while. Mm-hmm. What would you say about life, about its brevity, its longevity, about our contribution, its meaning. What would you say to somebody listening about that?
0: I think the biggest thing is to try and be selfless. Because if you focus on yourself too much, then yeah, you're going to get down about yourself. You're going to say, oh, why me? Why me? And I feel like being able to help others allows you to step outside of that. And my thing was like, yeah, what I'm going through is bad. I could either be going through worse, or there are people that are going through worse.
2: Another question you know, your, your grandma lived till her sixth, seventh decade or so, yeah. if I'm listening correctly, and, and your brother Colin lived just a little bit over one decade. Yeah. Do both have the same significance as a dash, you know, as an as yes. in between <laughs> a beginning and death? Because that's considerable difference. And, and how do you speak to that?
0: What I really, really learned with my brother was it wasn't about the amount of time that you had on the earth, but it was the amount of people that you impacted in Mm -hmm. that time. Because we had hundreds of people show up to his funeral Mm. because they were like, I was so impacted. And he couldn't even speak. Wow. Like, you're impacted by somebody who can't speak and who can't walk. Mm -hmm. That is something that I was like, it really has nothing to do with how long we're on this earth.
2: Mm -hmm. Or even really what we tangibly contribute. Mm -hmm. His presence intangibly contributed Mm -hmm. to a lot of people's lives. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really neat and really big turning point because I was like, this has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. the length of time, but it has everything to do with the amount of people you touch
1: during that time. We kind of breeze past something that you shared And I'm just so grateful for your vulnerability and talking about your darkest nights Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. when suicidal ideation and just the pain of what you're experiencing emotionally just felt really heavy. Mm -hmm. I know that you're not alone in that and experiencing that. Could you share to somebody that is processing some of that right now?
0: I don't think there was any one thing that somebody said to me. Yeah. But it was, again, stepping outside of yourself. And thinking like, how would that hurt other people? Mm -hmm. Because when I was in high school, we lost someone to suicide like in our high school. And it was a very tough situation and seeing how the family was like, we had no clue. Uh... First off, like be vulnerable about that. Like tell people that, tell people that that's how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and definitely just think about the other people Mm -hmm. because your parents will miss you and your friends and even if like at that time because that's how I felt was no one would care Mm. but now that I'm like kind of past all of that I'm like so many people would have cared yeah yeah Yeah. and even if you don't think people will like there there are always people that will Mm. and like I still struggle with some of that stuff sometimes but even more so now I'm like, I have a dog that has to like, I'll mm-hmm. have my days where I don't want to get out of bed, but I have to get out of bed. I have to go walk her. I have to feed her mm-hmm. finding purpose in the little things mm-hmm. is very important because even if it's okay, I got out of bed and I got dressed today and really pushing into that, but also like adding prayer into that too. Mm-hmm. Cause there are times where, I'd be laying on my floor in my dorm, like crying and being like, God, I need strength right now Mm -hmm. because I know that that's not what I actually want to do, but it sure feels like it right now and just give me the strength to make it through till tomorrow. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Us as humans, we're not meant to do it alone. No. We're not meant to do life at all alone. (laughs) So let alone something that is so difficult. Yeah. That's not our burden to carry on our own and being able to share that and be vulnerable Mm -hmm. (laughs) about that is Mm -hmm. something that I think a lot more people need Mm -hmm. because it's incredibly hard. Also having those people that are God centered because they're going to say like, I'm praying for you during this time and like Mm -hmm. knowing that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. having that like point back to God and say like, Hey, this is a scripture that I want to give you. There was one that I always leaned on, especially when I was going through my cancer journey. It's Psalms 23 verse 4, which is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for your rod and your staff they comfort me. That to me was very, very significant during my surgery because I was like, I'm quite Mm -hmm. literally walking through Mm -hmm. the valley Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. shadow of death. Yes. Because I was going into surgery and I truly didn't know if I was going to wake up or not because they were like, this is a very like, they're poking around in my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, just leaning on to people mm-hmm. or leaning on to dogs. dogs, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Willow has completely changed my life around mm-hmm. because I used to not be able to walk into a store and now I can <laughs> without having an anxiety attack. And it's incredibly powerful. And my mom, <laughs> my mom will look at me and be like, we've got our daughter back. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. Having that confidence is so great to have again, because I have a dog who will protect me Mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm at my most vulnerable. Yeah. And she has saved me a lot of time Mm. (laughs) because I'd have anxiety attacks and I'd be out for Mm. the rest of the evening. Mm. And she definitely gives me a sense of just
1: peace. Well, Julia, your strength, I mean, you being able to just share so openly Mm -hmm about one of the most hardest times of your life just reflects back to your strength that you have in the Lord and Mm -hmm. sharing the depth of you I know is, is going to really impact somebody that's listening right now. Yeah. And that's exactly what you desire to do Mm -hmm. is to help and be others focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love grateful. I
0: love sharing my story because Mm -hmm. people will look at me and be like, I don't know how you're able to do it. Like Mm -hmm. literally through the grace of God and leaning on others.
1: I can't believe Julia's strength. Her ability to share her story was incredible. She truly shares God's strength and capabilities through her vulnerability and experiences.
2: I know, Erin. She's so young, and yet she's gained a lot of wisdom about life and death.
1: Well, before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you that the show notes are available in the podcast description. There's also a link for the new suicide prevention website. If you or someone you know needs help, you can dial 988. You can also connect with Elisa and me on social. Find out how when you visit our website at GodHearsHer.org. That's GodHearsHer.org. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, God hears you.
2: He sees you. And He loves you because you are His. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Daniel Ryan Day and Jade Gustafson. We also want to recognize Diana and Mary for all of their help and support. Thanks, everyone.
1: God Hears Her is a production of our Daily Bread Ministries.